Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast, where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host, Christina Andrini, founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr, as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. You know, we are the fastest growing ethnic and minority group in the United States. We're also um, the largest number of Latinx population here are immigrants. And a lot of the majority are undocumented. A lot of us in the United States, we face a lot of economic and political conditions that lead to lifelong chronic stress and negative outcomes. And especially for those who are undocumented because they don't have access to the same resources that we do, um, that people who have access to you know, public services do. Um, oh, we've got a cat. Explaining how we are the largest minority and ethnic group here in the United States. Um, the majority of Latinx people residing here are immigrants. And a lot of us, a lot of minorities residing here for Hispanic are undocumented. Um, we know that a lot of immigrants here face economic and political outcomes that lead to strong, chronic stress and then can lead to negative mental health outcomes. Um, a lot of people who immigrate, immigrate here um, do so because they face trauma at home, um, whether that's from political violence, um, gang violence, extreme poverty, um, natural disasters. Those are all really traumatic and it leads to long-term mental health conditions. Um, my family moved here because my dad's job transferred us here. So um, I can't speak for those who, you know, had to come here as a survival mechanism, um, right. which is a whole different, you know, way of being because you're coming here to survive. Um, there's no other option. So we know too that Prior to immigrating, those who experience severe trauma, like political violence, gang violence, poverty, are less likely to actually return to their home, um, return back. So they they stay in the United States because they fear um, what is at home, which is really sad. You're afraid to go back to where you know you're from, um, just because of that fear. And this a lot causes of, a lot of PTSD. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's where the trauma can also boil down or come up from the PTS of having the fear of even going home from what you remember. Mm -hmm. The stories that you've allowed yourself to keep within you, I feel also causes more of this uh, trauma that you relive mm -hmm. over and over is part of these statistics that we are going over today. I just wanted to interject and say that because it just, it, it pulls everything together when we are, we're not just talking about statistics. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the reality of 
how things are in these households that is silent and what immigrants are going through from a first person perspective and the the tools and the resources to support and supplement everything that Tatiana is saying mm. so that it's not anything that's we're making up it's this is the reality of how life is for immigrants that come into this country and are working through their own mental health struggles and battles and they're hiding in their rooms because they don't have anyone to talk to and when they do talk about something they're the ones that are looked at as going crazy and it's at that point where they close up mm. so that they're damned if they do and they damned if they don't right Right. Because not only are they navigating what they experience, you know, the trauma, whether it was, like I said, gang violence, sexual assault, um, death of a loved one, complete right. devastation from natural disasters, you're navigating that. But at the same time, you're navigating a whole different culture and a whole different world. So you can imagine why that leads to chronic stress and why that leads to the negative mental health outcomes um, for those who experience that. Um, so, and we also see that Immigration does play a, a really big toll in our close relationships. When we move, we're completely disattached from our families at home. Um, we kind of lose those really strong family bonds that we are so known to have as a culture. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of social support in this country to kind of help us, whether we're dealing with the traumas or other, you know, just unknowns in life. Uh, and we also fear discrimination as a extra that you know we have to experience so that also leads to poor health outcomes you know something i'm looking back at some of the notes that we were going back and forth about just recently and i see here that we talk about the historical trauma mm -hmm. i would like i'd like for you to open up a little bit about that because this kind of leads leads us to your story in a way. Yes. So with the historical trauma, we have always been in this country um, experiencing anti-immigration sentiment, um, political rhetoric. It <laughs> uh, really stems from experiencing constantly anti-immigration sentiment, which we have seen, unfortunately, on the rise um, in the last couple of years due to political rhetoric and mass media that has really framed us as foreigners, um, criminals. It has negatively stereotyped our culture and unfortunately has influenced a lot of people to look at us like we are criminals or um, foreigners or abusing the system. Uh, this, you know, when we look at the TVs, like how are we portrayed? We're usually seen as the maids, janitors, um, gangsters. You know, I, I always look at media now in a different lens because it's like, how do we, how are we as a culture portrayed? You know, I always look at like made in Manhattan, you know, a Latina woman who is a maid working hard from the Bronx and then makes it big because she marries, you know, or falls in love with someone that's wealthier. It's really important to look at the way our culture is being perceived and how that can make people assume that we are, you know, different from them. Luckily, now we're seeing more, you know, displays of our culture through Disney so films like Coco. I love that movie. There's a new <laughs> yeah. one coming up. So that's, you know, shining a light onto us in a better way. 
because we have been for so long experiencing anti-Hispanic sentiment. And especially in the last couple of years, I have seen it on the rise where even I have become scared to speak Spanish at a grocery store or anywhere because I'm scared that someone's going to come to me and tell me, like, go back to your country, Um, which we have seen a lot happen with, you know, families going to grocery stores and speaking, you know, their language and then getting told you're not from here, like, go back to where you came from. Um, That's something that we live, you know, in fear of every day. Just how are we going to be perceived? Or even with people who have accents, like my my parents, like, how are they perceived differently than I am because they have an accent. You know, it's it's really important to understand um, where we come from when we're uncomfortable to be ourselves in, you know, public spaces because of the fear of um, flashbacks. And I can speak, you know, for myself, when I was in sixth grade, I was, you know, told, oh, did you swim the Rio Grande to get here? And, you know, being so young, I, I didn't really realize, like, it didn't, like, it hurt. And then when I told my parents, they were like, oh, no, <laughs> like, that's not okay. Like, that's severe discrimination. And, you know, we tried to bring it up to the principal. Unfortunately, it wasn't taken seriously. Um, but that sentiment sticks to me because yeah. you automatically labeled me as being legal or coming to this country um, by swimming. You know, it's like we get told we're wetbacks, like all those horrible negative connotations that I think for me made me hide who I was for so long as an immigrant because I was scared of, you know, what that was going to look like. And it's important because it even comes through like microaggressions. Um, You know, one time someone, (laughs) this was actually like a couple years ago, there was like different flavored cupcakes and he was like, oh, I bet you you would like the lime cupcake. And even though, you know, it's, it's like he was trying to be nice but to me like that is considered a microaggression because you're automatically assuming i like a certain flavor because of where i'm from um stereotype yeah it's like stereotypical or also that um i'm not gonna be we were playing the game hangman and you know they were like oh you're gonna be really bad at this game because you know spanish is your first language and i was like how's it like no you know but they already have those preconceptions of who we are and how we portray ourselves and it's it's you know it leads to discrimination and that does lead to poor health outcomes for us and like I said that leads to my anxiety and not wanting to share who I am because of the fear that I'm going to receive negative backlash from my peers or just society in general Mm. wow Mm. that's pretty bold Yes. And that's but I, able to say because, you know, it's so personal mm-hmm. to experience that firsthand and now be able to advocate for it. Yes, definitely. You know? mm-hmm. Because the blessing. Right. Because like I said, you know, for so long, I was really hiding who I was in my culture because I didn't want to experience discrimination. But now I'm like, why can't I speak about it openly? It's so beautiful and it's such a strong part of myself. Like, forget what people think, but let me also educate them and show them that we are more than what you are, you know, that what the media perceives us as and what we are, you know, what your preconceptions of us are. Um, You know, I can't tell you like how many times people have even asked me like, did your parents go to college? Did they, you know, even close friends, like close friends have asked me, like, did your, you know, parents go to college? Did they like blah, blah, automatically assuming that, you know, we don't have 
an education <laughs> because of where we're from. So it's, it's very interesting. And it's, you know, like I said, even my close friends who I love dearly, but they also have preconceptions of what, you know, we are as a, as a cultural group. So it's so important to have these conversations. I think not only for ourselves to liberate ourselves and speak more about our cultures, but for others who might not be Latinx to understand us better and see our struggles with our identity. I think that's a, the main reason why we are doing Compartiendo Esperanza is because you a lot of people notice we're doing it in English. We're not doing it in Spanish. We have some, you know, we throw in words mm. in English, Spanish, Spanish, English. But really, it's to educate those that um, don't speak Span Spanish right now and are curious and interested in seeing what it's like to to be in the shoes of the Latinx and Hispanic communities. Because it's kind of like being dealt a different hand in a way because of our resilience, because of how we're structured and we're built. We tend to navigate ourselves in a way that, I mean, you can tell in the background you hear behind me, they're very fiery personalities, right? They're very like out there. And, and it's because we're doing things, whatever it takes is our motto. Whatever it takes, mm. it's got to get done. And we will fight through tooth and nail to make it happen. And a lot of people tend to not understand that because of that same amount of passion and fire that we put into everything it's the same exact passion and fire that we also put into the state of our mental health when we are down we are mm. down it yeah. is low there's it's almost it's gonna be almost near near impossible to actually lift someone in the latino latinx hispanic communities especially latin women that are working through getting, releasing anger, releasing some darkness, forgiveness. Forgiveness is the hardest word in our language because as much as we say it, we say it, mm. right? As much as we say it, we say it. How often do we actually, how often now is it when you add a Spanish family, your home and, and, and Americans, please, I want you to experience this, all cultures, I want you to to do your own thesis, your own scientific test. And I want you to think about things that have happened to you in your past with certain family members that you're going to see. And after you see them, you have the opportunity to have a conversation with them to, to nip it in the butt. However, comma, as my, to quote my sister Tanya, <laughs> however, comma, you don't take the opportunity to have the conversation. However, comma, you have the opportunity to have this entire dramatic reenactment of what you would like to say, how you're going to say it to maybe your best friend or to somebody else. But when it comes time to actually address the individual, something called fear comes up. Mm. And then another year goes by and you let it all boil up and boil up and boil up and boil up and boil up. And you want to have this conversation with that person one good day and one good day comes and you don't have that conversation. And then again, it continues to boil up. When you finally have the conversation, it's because you yourself, and I'm going to say it super candidly because I myself am conscious of it. I've done it too. So I will never say anything out loud to you all that I have not myself been through and have gone through Tatiana herself included. 
And so we have these conversations with the mirror. We know exactly how we're going to say it. We have all the attitude and all. We're all passionate, hands flying and all the things, right? And then we have a million different scenarios as to what it is that they're going to respond back. Well, if they say this, then I'm going to say this. And if they say that, then I'm going to say this. Because I know what they're going to say, right? Like, you already know. Do you, though? And that, we wrote about it in the blog last week and I repeated it again this week. Do you know what they're going to say? Do you know where they're at right now on their walk? Do you also maybe, comma, pause, have a consideration of the same compassion that you want to receive? Are you giving it to them? So conversations take two to understand within this particular culture um, and any culture, really, but specifically in the Latin culture, because we will say a lot of things to the person we confide in the most. But when we want to have that conversation with the individual, that individual, we don't. Or they are not responsive. When it Mm. comes to taking it in, to receiving it, not responsive because we have a block. The very same stuff we said to the other person to educate them on what they need to do and what we need to do, what we needed to hear, we don't do. And that is a huge thing to address in this community because it's an ongoing. I'm here in Puerto Rico right now. And I'm witnessing it right now, right? And so Mm -hmm. this is why I bring it up because families have a very hard time addressing to one another exactly what needs to be said so that they can stop the cycle. Like my sister says, stop the cycles so that you can move forward and recognize it. And sometimes it means saying goodbye to certain family members. Mm-hmm. They're your family that always will be your family, but it doesn't mean that you have to continue to invite those that are not in alignment with you anymore. And that's a key to your mental health and mental well-being because you're eliminating the very root of what's causing your disharmony. And sometimes it's within those family members that you're having those, can't have those hard conversations right now. But there's going to be a time when you will. Trust me, it's going to be a time where you will. And they will be open to receive it. But it, it's not on your time. And it's also not on their time. It's on a divine time. And that, if you're in this culture, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it just all of a sudden happens. And all of a sudden, they're in a place where you were, like, not expecting that person to be. And that's the opportunity to just eat the frog. Just <laughs> nip it in the butt. And those of you that heard the terminology before, eat the frog. It's the thing you don't want to do the most. You keep putting it off and you just do it feels so good liberated and we talked about this in the very first episode cultural liberation liberation comes from forgiveness and forgiveness comes from you first and when you go back to that episode you hear a little bit about it but we talk about it because that's how tatiana also introduces us is through cultural liberation how to have these conversations Mm. and so tatiana will you um share with us a little bit about if we don't have these conversations and if we begin to continue to be sweeping things underneath the rug we start to look outside ourselves for support and then the family units we begin to embrace and this is going to lead us into next week's conversation pero the family units that we start to embrace are not the greatest family units and then they tend to lead us to gang violence Um, this is your new familia they give you 
um, drug abuse becomes uh, pretty adamant in this culture when it's not when people are don't have an outlet. I forgive me for my puppies in the background now having a lot of fun, a lot of fun. All right. Um, so can you talk about in a moment? Once they say hello to everybody in the neighborhood, this can lead to substance abuse. <laughs> Big smile. Well, I do know that those who experience discrimination ex- experience more emotional stress, um, social isolation, symptoms of depression and anxiety. And it even suggests that people who experience discrimination over time experience higher thoughts of suicide and negative behaviors. Men actually who experience, um, who immigrate to this country and experience, you know, that chronic stress end up abusing alcohol more. And women actually have more depression and anxiety from the stressors that come just from, you know, immigrating here. Um, We also see that over time, as we try to navigate our new culture, there is like a dissolution of the strong family bonds that were once in place. Um, We see that, you know, I think we spoke a lot about it in the first series, like how much we depend on our family bonds um, while we're in in Mexico for me, um, but wherever you are, like how much we rely on our close family And then when we move here, we don't have that family circle anymore. So maybe we start seeking, you know, we start seeking that acceptance through other means, whether that's, you know, abusing alcohol to try to numb that pain. Um, We also see an increase in intergenerational conflicts um, for immigrants as we arrive to these new cultural values and we're trying to you know, align ourselves with what U.S. society says, but also trying to keep, you know, our Latinx culture. So there starts to be a lot of intergenerational conflicts, I think, especially for, you know, young, young immigrants versus our parents. You know, maybe there's more conflict in, you know, younger people trying to adapt quicker and leaving behind some of that, you know, some of our past to adapt, to adapt faster and our parents or grandparents, you know, having that conflict of, no, we're still doing it this way because this is how it's always been. Um, so we do start to see that, you know, more intergenerational conflicts. I think especially, too, you know, we don't get to see our families as often as we used to. So for me, you know, I was supposed to go to Mexico in 2020. Of course, the pandemic happened. Um, I haven't been since 2016. So just having, like, not being able to have those close bonds, like, even for Thanksgiving, I'm not able to go to see my family in Ohio. Like, I have to stay here. Um, and that is, like, a conflict, and it, it, it shows that we are dissolving as a family. I always, you know, I'm always so envious of people who get to spend Thanksgiving or with their aunts, their uncles, their cousins, because we don't get that, you know, we don't get that privilege as immigrants. Um, we, my family is really the only people in the United States. Everyone else is at home. So, you know, that dissolution of the family bond, it does impact our mental health a lot um, because we tend to isolate ourselves more. We tend to have more depression, anxiety, loneliness, the stress of figuring out what am I going to do for Thanksgiving is currently on my plate because I don't, you know, I'm trying to make plans with my fam, like my friends here who I consider family, but it will never replace, you know, my family, my aunts and uncles who I love so much at home that I just can't see. Um, so that's something too I've seen a lot is you know 
the privilege of having family here and that, you know, people that you can constantly depend on is something that immigrants don't really um, have the privilege of experiencing and knowing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's, it's heavy. Yes. It's heavy, especially during this time. Mm. And we want you to know that we're with you. And um, because when, when you're not around those, those people that love you and you love in return, it's very, it's, it is different. It is different, especially during this time of the holidays that are coming up, you know, and um, mm. those that we've lost during the pandemic yeah. Uh, and after and even now, like where the world is slowly, slowly opening back up again so that we are able to have the opportunity to see. But there are a lot of places that are third world country that are um, a lot of Latin American countries that are still also are not. Open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really important that we're all on. We're all in this together, you know, yeah. and um, a lot of this t- time that we're getting into, although it might be heavy. Um, and it leads to substance abuse and it leads to seeking outside ourselves for this wholeness um, factor. There's resources that we can offer mm. and, and there's resources that are available to you. And I know at Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation, we offer a ton of resources on our, our Facebook page, Instagram page, a YouTube channel. We have a mailing list where you get a free dosha quiz and we go through all the Ayurveda stuff for you. Like we help you with your mindset and um, NAMI has a million programs for you to to go and and click on their links. NAMI Louisiana and AMI Louisiana.org. You just go right there and you see all kinds of things available to you. And of course, NAMI's headquarters them themselves also have their Mm -hmm. website with resources available all over the nation and um there's latin american um support systems that in spanish speaking support systems that are offered and that are also linked in the blog as well as on our websites and um that tatiana will also be putting um on the comments typically below if the video uploads today for us but if not we will be sending that out to you as well so please Mm -hmm. uh, we'll post a picture of us here chatting and we will send you the information um, and what we talked about today. Yes. Tatiana, would you like to add anything um, as we get ready for next week's call? Um, no, not really. I guess, um, you know, put into perspective, you know, as an immigrant, that you aren't alone in this. Um, if you're feeling isolated, you know, like she said, there are support groups. I know some NAMIs across the state have like Spanish speaking support groups. Louisiana's ours unfortunately doesn't yet, but you can join other support groups across the state, um, across the country um, with people experiencing, whether you have a loved one with um, a mental health condition that you want to talk about with others that understand your culture, you know, they're there for you or whether you have a mental health condition. Um, NAMI has support groups for you to have, especially with the holiday seasons. Um, if you're feeling that sense of isolation or stress, or you don't know how to have those conversations with your family members, um, definitely, you know, don't be alone and don't, um, you know, succumb to it. Like, you know, liberate yourself as the theme um, of your struggles and, you know, dep- lean on others who are there to help you. That's really important that we don't want you to seek outside yourself, but 
definitely have the support system that you need. You know, we want, you need nothing but yourself. You got this, you got this. Mm -hmm. And we know New Orleans Musicians Clinic has a program called You Got This that has tons of resources as well in both English and in Spanish. So check them out as well as our partners in crime here to support you. And um, know that need is being um, really uh, focused on having that crutch. Know that you want to take that empowerment, change the word need to empower and have empowering people surrounding you, supporting you, change mm, our language, yes. uplift ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So much that. love. <laughs> I love you, yes. Tatiana. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Yes. And thank you for everyone for watching all the way through and being a part of this journey with us. We want to celebrate Indigenous Day. We want to celebrate those that celebrate uh, Day of Thanksgiving, those days of gratitude, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and all of the holidays that are approaching this coming week. Mm -hmm. So from our hearts to yours, namaste. And we'll see you soon next week. Bye. Safe travels home. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.